0: Welcome to the Occult London Podcast. This is a new podcast dedicated to exploring magic, mysticism, Kabbalah, as well as other topics. If you like the podcast, please write a review and rate us on iTunes, as it will really help us to get this message out there. Also be sure to visit our website at occultlondon.co.uk, where you can subscribe to the show. If anyone has any questions for me, then I'd love to hear from them, so please reach out via Facebook or an email, as I'd love to answer them. You can find my Facebook on the show notes, or alternatively email me at Londonpodcast at gmail.com. I hope you enjoy it. As we've seen in the last few episodes, we have been talking about the temple. Uh, we looked at the symbolism, the significance of the items in the temple, so things like the pillars, the altar, the banners, etc., Um, and then we've also been discussing the ceremonial robes and different things of the magician so the you know the meaning of the things that the magician wears in the previous episode in this episode i wanted to talk about something pretty special within the western mystery tradition and most magical traditions as well which is the magical ring or the ring that the magician wears this is something that's you know, magical rings are, you know, pieces of jewelry that have been purported to have sort of supernatural properties or powers. You know, we see them in many cases in fairy tales, mythology, and them having this power to give the wearer special powers, so including things like invisibility, immortality, endless wishes. In mythology we have examples such as the Ring of Sigurd, who was it was stolen from the dragon Fafnir. Um, we have obviously the ring in Lord of the Rings, which everyone knows about. There's the ring of the Nibelung. We also hear of actual historical rings that were meant to have conferred power on the individual. For example, uh, Plato in his Republic talks about the story of the ring of Gyges, which confirms invisibility on the wearer. And Josephus also tells a story of a magician known as Eleazar, who uses magic to exorcise demons in the presence of Vespasian using a ring but what lies behind this um well there's lots of different reasons why you would you'd would feel that the the finger would be a particularly powerful place or a kind of a symbol of the the magician's power um, william gray who's an excellent you know very interesting magician to to read some of his work um and he talks about how it's likely it's our opposable thumbs that is the kind of unique mark of humankind since they have enabled us to essentially evolve and, you know, start creating tools, etc. And he says, basically, you know, humanity has essentially built itself with its own hands. Um, and, you know, we wouldn't have been able to build any temples, we wouldn't have been able to do anything with our hands. So, therefore... The idea of having a, a ring on your ring finger is, is very much, or index finger usually, is very much relevant to this concept of willpower and creation and pointing. It's like, this is what I will do. And so from that perspective, it's very much associated with kings and rulership. Um, as I said, usually worn on the index finger with the right hand, and it symbolizes this kind of directive drive and the true will. The index finger is known by this name because it points and directs and Gray says this on the following I just wanted to quote quickly it should be worn on the right forefinger and signifies our own marriage with the eternal one we must literally put our hand out towards God with perfect faith that it will be taken hold of and we shall be led in the best way for us. The action is not unlike that of a child holding up a finger trustingly for an adult to grip while the child tries to stand or walk. The ring is held above the head with the left hand and with eyes closed, the right hand with extended forefinger is raised slowly towards it. It should be felt that we are reaching as far as we can out of ourselves towards the highest power while we ask to be taken in hand, and guided aright in the path we have chosen. As the ring slides down our finger, it should seem like the and grip of the divine hand. So magical rings are usually personal for the magician. Um, you know, so they normally would be metal with a particular stones. So it could be something relevant to the actual magician themselves, with something carved on it as well. Um, the actual design itself is less important than what it actually represents because it represents to the magician this relationship he has, with, he or she has with the divine and also the eternal. So it's this concept of this encircling divine will, chokmah hesed and chod would be relevant from the tree of life perspective and it's enclosing upon your finger that that divine power. So when you put on the ring, you're very much... Almost like plugging yourself into that power, um, that highest self. As AC Highfield puts it, this is my will, which I believe derives from the deity expressing itself through me. This is my will, which I believe derives from the deity expressing itself through me. So in effect, this ring really means this kind of uh, concentration of cosmic forces through ourselves. And they focus it in on a single finger. So it's almost like a laser or a lens that kind of draws all that power into the finger. And you see this concept in Christianity. So some, some traditions of Christianity, they actually have the four fingers and the thumb on the right hand were specially consecrated as they were meant to hold the sacred host which was believed to be the body of, obviously, Jesus Christ. So after the words of consecration are spoken, so they would actually kind of honour and bless the actual fingers using kind of holy anointing oils and and etc. And bishops still wear rings, um, and, the, and the Pope still wears a ring called the fisherman's ring, which is personal to him and defaced after death. And it was also a sign of like subservience and loyalty to kiss the ring of a ruler or the Pope. And also if the king's ring was presented, it would be acting as if the king were present. If we look at the palmistry, which is a, a form of divination, um, there is actually what we know, uh, have known as the Ring of Solomon as well, which is kind of like a double line that sits at the base of the index finger of the right hand. And it's meant to signify the the wearer's dedication to the occult in more than one lifetime. And obviously the reference to Solomon refers to the famous ring that's meant to be worn by King Solomon. Um, just discuss King Solomon quickly. So he is meant to have been a... His ring was meant to have served him basically as like a signet ring. So it was for seeding letters and decrees. But it also was the source of his supernatural power. So, with it, he was able to control the winds and to fly about on a windborne carpet. And it also enabled him to communicate with animals and flowers, apparently. But the, the most famous case of him using it was when he was using it to, um, to work with the jinn, which were kind of like genies or spirits, essentially. And by the means of his ring, he's meant to have been able to summon the otherworldly spirits and get them to do what his bidding. And also, kind of, there's lots of accounts of him actually healing other people and helping people in his kingdom as well. Um, King Solomon's ring is meant to have had various different engravings on it, including the symbol of the hexagram or the six-pointed star that was carved on it, which is a symbol representing that all life is really connected with that highest truth, Um as well as other other inscriptions so according to the Talmud the ring was engraved with the Shem Mephoresh, the inevitable name of God and Islamic authors also, also told us that it contained the great name of God along with four jewels and given to Solomon by angels. Um, There was also, in terms of the the jewels that were embedded in the ring, were meant to have had different phrases on them and different powers. So the first jewel is meant to have given King Solomon dominion over the winds and was inscribed to God, belongs power and greatness. The second gave him dominion over birds and beasts and was inscribed, let all living things praise God. The third jewel gave him dominion over earth and water and was inscribed with heaven and earth are the servants of God and the fourth gave him to dominion over the jinn, who are the spirits that I mentioned earlier Um, yeah I mean the story of how King Solomon gets the ring is quite interesting from the Testament of Solomon which is one of the kind of oldest magical texts attributed to King Solomon dating from the 1st to the 3rd century AD and the story goes, I won't go into the whole thing because it's quite long, but he's meant to have been approached about a by a boy who was being tormented by a demon. And King Solomon prays to find a way to defeat the demon who's tormenting the boy. And he's meant to have said the following. I entered the temple of God and prayed with all my heart, soul, night and day that the demon might be delivered into my hands and that I make gain authority over him. And it came about through my prayer that grace was given to me from the Lord Sabaoth by Mikael his archangel. He brought me a little ring, having a seal consisting of an engraved stone, and said to me, Take, O Solomon, king, son of David, the gift which the Lord God has sent thee, the highest Sabaoth with it thou shalt lock up all the demons of the earth male and female and with their help shalt build up jerusalem thou must wear this seal of god and this engraving of the seal of the ring is a pentalfa so as a result this ring he's meant to have gained power over the demons and then he sets them to work building his temple and there's a really beautiful description of the ring from the novel um, many dimensions by Charles Williams which I wanted to quote from um, because it kind of gives you this this real kind of nice feeling about this power and this ring and how important it was in the crown of Suleiman the wise the peace be upon him he said there was a stone and this stone was that which is the first matter of creation holy and terrible but on the hand of the king there was a ring And in the ring was another secret, more holy and terrible than the stone. For within the ring there was a point of that light, which is the spirit of creation, the adornment of the unity, the knowledge of the loveliness, the divine image in the mirror of the world's just and true. This was the justice and the wisdom of Solomon, by which all souls were made manifest to him, and all causes rightly determined. Also, when within the holy of holies in the temple that the king made, he laid his crown upon the ark and between the wings of the cherubim and held his hand over it. The light of the ring shone upon the stone and all things had peace. But when the king erred, building altars to strange gods, he dared no longer let the light fall upon the stone. Also he put aside the ring and it is told that Asmodeus sat upon his throne seven years. And he also said the following, which is from the same novel. The light of it is in the stone and all the types of the stone and the power of it is in the soul and body of any who have sought union with the stone so that whoever touches them In anger or hatred or evil desire is subjected to the light and power of the adornment of the unity. So that's quite an interesting phrase at the end. Whoever touches it, depending on their intention, so it's anger or evil desire, you're subject to this higher power, adornment of the unity. So when we wear the magical ring, we show the intention that we wish to rule wisely. Um, but if we obviously ignore it and do not, then you know you get this concept of um, almost like a pendulum, really. So it will swing. So you'll go. It'll, it will swing backwards, and you'll feel the, the power of really like adjustment so this is very kind of relevant from the Kabbalistic tree of life if you have Kesed and gebura so if you go one way it's got to swing the other way so everything will be adjusting which is why it's important to have this balance in the middle with the middle pillar and yeah and in that sense if we ignore it the you know the, the story of solomon is obviously you know similar because he, he did great things with it but then obviously if you ignore it then that's when you start to lose your power and things start to go wrong, and we also see that in the Arthurian myths as well, with, particularly with King Arthur, when you know the sort of the collapse of Camelot and you know Guinevere's having an affair, etc. Um, it's it's really when he started to forget that divine connection or the role of a, a divine king, and you know he's he's not looking as big as that from that point of view. So, from that point of view, the ring also kind of represents um, the the work of the adept in terms of that connection, and also aligning himself with that him or herself with that divine authority. So, it's not our power that is doing this; it's it's actually this power beyond us. And as I said before, we are a channel for that power but we're not when you start to think of it as being your own power that's when you'll start to generally kind of come a, come a part at the seams and that's where you get this phrase it is not fitting for a commoner to lay hands on the scepter of a king from the Zohar so obviously this concept of to be a king you you need to have a very kind of selfless attitude from that point of view Um, you know very much see yourself as being a channel for this kind of higher power that's flowing through you and this power to serve as well so the phrase i desire to know in order to serve is very relevant from that point of view from the kingship point of view and if you look at kings that didn't do that um you know that they did it purely from self and greed it never never really works out very well for them because you are kind of divinely appointed from that point of view and when I talk about kings, I'm not talking about material kings. I'm talking about the uh, the concept of personal sovereignty. So from that point of view, the ring is also a symbol of our personal sincerity and dedication, which kind of implies that our word is our bond and, it, you know, our bond bearing our seal. So we would have used the ring to actually sign and seal things that would be sent off and that is very much connection with that so it's our word our symbol and our bond which we have to stand by and yeah from the point of view of kind of day-to-day they're very useful um i'm not going to go into the practicalities of getting a ring but it's definitely something worth investing in when you begin out on the, the spiritual path because it will help to focus um we talked briefly about the personality of the magician in our previous episode and you know if you have a ring um that can be very powerful from that point of view because you can you can be anywhere really you could be on a busy train you could be on a boat you could be in a plane and you know all you can do is sh- you can shut your eyes and slip your magical ring onto your finger and that will assume assume the uh, personality of the magician as you do that, and if you do it enough you'll actually you'll actually feel a very kind of noticeable change in your consciousness just through putting that ring on um it should be kept separate though it shouldn't be a ring that you wear all the time so similar to the concept we discussed about the robes as being this kind of magnetized um very much very useful in terms of that auto suggestion um the ring is the same because it when you slip the ring on. It will help you to assume that character of the magician. And when you take it off, you then go back to being your normal self. So it really helps from that point of view of keeping the two worlds separate. So you can, you know, very much kind of go in between the worlds when you wish. So, yeah, that's all we've got time for today. I hope everyone enjoyed this discussion. Um, thanks very much for joining us this week on the Occult London podcast anyone has any questions for me please reach out via facebook or an email as i'd love to answer them my email is at gmail.com. also i really want to develop this further so if anyone has if anyone likes the show please do leave a review or just tap the little button with the stars on it and um, just it'll help more people see this podcast and hopefully get some more value from it and also please visit the website uk catch you all soon and thank you very much for listening